0: good afternoon everybody welcome to the matt townsend show i'm your host dr matt townsend your coach your guide on the side my friends Doing what we can on this program, two hours a day, to help you uh, get a leg up in this crazy thing called life, you know? We all uh, come to this great earth, and yet, so many of us are just struggling to figure out how to make it through without going crazy, without having problems, without losing ourselves. Today, by the way, another uh, tragic day of just crazy life going on in Paris, France. Uh, Again, you saw, I'm sure, on the headlines in the news all over the place, about the shooting at uh, the uh, satirical magazine called Charlie Hebdo, uh, twelve people were killed in a coordinated strike and it, it's you know as they were escaping the three the three terrorists the three shooters I guess they're alleged terrorists they're no one knows yet right but another just incredible example of crazy crazy life going on around us today on the show we've got uh, i think some some great opportunities to, to do some learning. We're going to have one of BYU's uh, great communication uh, leaders and experts on the campus is going to be talking to us. Dr. Clark Callahan is going to be joining us, who's an expert in uh, cultural communication. And we're going to be talking to him also about the impact that, uh, that the media has on our children and how we can be kind of guiding them through that. I'm going to also see if I could pick his brain a little bit on Paris, France and the little, you know. Here's a communication media company all of a sudden thrown right in the middle of international war, basically, possibly. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Sean's here today. James has flown the coop. I don't know. We had a scheduling issue. So yeah, James it's called class. It's called class. <laughs> James, uh, He's in class. James is in actually, class. Yeah. James has got a lot of class. Oh, yes, yes. Classy, classy guy. So, James isn't here today, but filling in for James on the board is Sean, which should be a great thing. Why? Because it's just, I get to now look into your eyes. I normally look into your ear. Hmm. Today, I get to see your eyes okay, which means now I can see you 're a shifty guy <laughs> you got some shifty eyes there, Shawnee. Sean, uh, fill us in on some headlines well, of course the the big news is uh, everybody in France
1: is just uh, well everybody around the world is kind of flabbergasted as the things as things happened in France over I mean, a shootout overnight at least here yeah yeah uh, it was it's just crazy you know they've killed twelve people um they they were well armed they looked well coordinated yeah um, the videos are are Being really
0: videoed by cell phones yes. this is here's the great advancement of technology now we don't just hear about a lot of these events you can now see these gunmen fighting their way out of a building through traffic killing police officers it's tragic it's incredible the uh,
1: uh, uh president of uh, France, uh, François Hollande, Hollande. <laughs> he has pr- um, declared that Thursday will be a national day of mourning yeah. for all of those killed in the attack. And he has asked for a moment of reflection and said flags will be at half-staff for three days. Wow. Um, I'm wondering if our president will – ask yeah. us to do that as well I, I, not I don't know that it's
0: required, but it would be a nice gesture well it's you know again it's these moments that bring everybody together right this mm-hmm. it just brings back the whole Canadian shooting remember oh, yes a few weeks ago yes. it brings back 9 eleven even all mm-hmm. of the the fort all of it yeah
1: anyway I remember the the disco in France that was yeah. bombed yeah a number of years ago um, and there have been so many rallies around Europe. Uh, just protesting this attack yeah. and, and rallying around the, the country of France and expressing solidarity with France and the magazine yeah. itself.
0: I mean, why not be able to have freedom of the press? Well, so let's explain that because Je suis Charlie is what everyone's saying. I know. I am Charlie. But so here's uh, it's a satirical magazine. They They make fun of people. And they make they put and they out make cartoons. Fun of everybody they make fun of the Pope, the Catholics. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the Mormons, they're if not, they knew about us,
1: they're not singling yeah. out a sing uh, a specific no. religion. They're not
0: attacking Islam, you right. know, specifically. They're not also protecting them. No, like, and they would then draw satirical images of mm-hmm. Muhammad. Yep, which you just don't do in the eyes I of guess a believer. Not. And so many believe that is the reason that three armed, hooded gunmen dressed in black burst into the offices and started a coordinated strike and eventually killed 12 people.
1: Yeah. Injured 11 people as well. 11 uh, others. And two of those folks that were killed, by the way, were
0: police officers. Mm -hmm. And one, by the way, if you... Ever or watch the video? Watch the video. It is in the middle of the full street full on assassination. Yeah, it is. And you see it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what's interesting about this is, and again, everybody, every station in the country is talking about it. So, today, mm. and we never want to just be more into the, we're not news people. So, what no. we really want to do is figure out if we can add a little different light to this and a, a little bit different of the discussion around this. This isn't going away. No. This is now happening This is kind of our world now, more. isn't it? Right. So I mean in fact that's that's fascinating and because your kids now I mean I remember always growing up and hearing everything about Ireland and kind of the terrorist the terrorism going on there. I never remember and maybe Israel, Egypt you'd hear stuff. But when I grew up, you our enemy was Russia. We were you know, it was the communists, right? And um Boy, now it's these kids growing up today, and they're going to hear it from the media. If you just turn on any news station today, that's what you're going to hear is all about, you know, what's going on in Paris, France. we got to figure out what we're doing. We now have this global world, this global, you know, kind of economy, global marketplace. And one of the things I'm wondering is if we as Americans – I don't know. Maybe we don't quite – get the global culture. So I have family that lived in Paris. Mm-hmm. I have family that lived in London and you know, there's nothing more obvious than an American in Paris. <laughs> yes, Gene Kelly. You know <laughs> We're the only ones wearing our flag on our chest and making a lot of noise and we're we're pretty culturally proud. I don't know. When I was over
1: in Europe, and I realize this is a number of years ago, I I saw people from other countries and I saw them, yeah. you know, proudly being a member of their country, visiting another country.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Except uh, I, when I think of that, I'm thinking Denmark, Holland. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're proud. Yes. You can be proud of your culture. Sure. The interesting thing about the Americans is we also have CNN. We also have McDonald's. We also have Pizza Hut we also have our 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 economy mm-hmm. our money our organizations our institutions I it's all getting pushed
1: i i re- really yeah but shouldn't our co- our companies be able to oh sure become worldwide companies we have other sure well um, i'm sorry but in this country alone we have sony we have oh, to- yeah. toyota uh kia yeah uh, they're all in our country building things yeah and, I, I know, you know. There's other car companies that have moved in and
0: bought GM. Yeah, yeah. That's what we got to get into. Cultural media. That's what our expert today is going to help us understand. Because, and this this is just a, this isn't even a, a great example of it. But a media company is basically what this was. Well, it's a magazine. It's a magazine, mm-hmm. and you know they're just trying to have fun. And now they're the scene of really a massacre. Very much so. And um, again, it's there's no one there's no one thing to blame except we need to start, I think, understanding culturally what's going on. The world's a changing. And That's how true. are we supposed to respond to it? That's one of the things we're gonna talk about later today. Um, I mean, throughout the day. We also, a little bit later, are going to have also Julie Nelson. She'll be joining us, and she's going to talk about media and our older kids. It's a big deal. Again, I just bought uh, some cell phones for my littles. I'm sorry. Uh, And, uh, you know, now all of a sudden we're finding a lot of different rules that need to be made.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. I understand exactly what you're going through. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was a Christmas where my daughters received iPads.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. From the grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Like my son has more technology. My nine-year-old has more technology at his fingertips probably than NASA did oh, yes. when I was a kid. No kidding. Like if the, if he could launch a rocket, he'd launch a rocket. Exactly. Then, and talk about it real fast, uh, who's that? What was the name of that legislator that's all ticked off because oh, people cal- keep using his name? <laughs> Kirby DeLotter. Oh, Kirby DeLotter. Kirby yeah.
1: DeLotter. We can't use your name because you're going to sue us.
0: His name's Kirby Delauder.
1: Yes. That's his name? Frederick County, Delaware. He's a councilman there, and he basically told the newspaper, which is the Frederick News Post, yeah. if you print my name one more
0: time, I'm going to sue you. Well, they well, they must have been defaming him. They must have been no. saying things that were well, untrue. No, uh, they weren't. <laughs> and
1: basically, and, and here we go, um, UCLA School of Law professor Eugene Volok. Uh, he, he he wrote this, uh, council member, in our country, newspapers are actually allowed to write about elected officials and others without their permission. It's an avant-garde experiment, to be sure, but we've yeah. had some success with it. <laughs> <Kind> <laughs> we've been the, doing this for this years. This First Amendment thing? Yeah. yeah.
0: Isn't that interesting? He, I guarantee if we went back, we'd find out he got elected because he got his name out there through the media. Exactly. And now he's lambasting the media because they get his name out. Mm-hmm. I thought the rule in politics was, you know, all press is good press. Well, it's, uh, kind of. Apparently but now, not. And, and what's his name again?
1: Kirby DeLotter. Kirby DeLotter And, and DeLotter you know what? There's so. a hashtag Kirby DeLotter now. Oh. <laughs> his lawyer's going to yeah. make some bucks off of
0: this well, one. Well, you know what? He blew it because he has now <laughs> opened the gates. Yeah, yes. Kirby DeLotter. How do you spell DeLotter? D E L A U T E R. DeLotter. <laughs> <laughs> It's an interesting name. I've never heard the name Kirby DeLotter until today. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Again, by the way, another media example. There you go. Maybe we ought not, you know, don't poke the media giant. Don't poke the giant. You're going to get bit, my friends. Or you are too, Kirby (sighs) DeLotter. Okay. Anyway, got that out of my system. (laughs) Okay, good. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into, I think, an awesome discussion with our great guest, Dr. Clark Callahan who is a cultural and media communications expert here at Brigham Young University. See if we can't pick his brain a little bit about on culturally what's going on with the media and how it's impacting our family, our children. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
2: Welcome back, everybody,
0: to the Matt Townsend Show. That's, uh, that's a great song for today. We're talking, you know, MTV, YouTube, CNN. We've got all these major iconic media brands going out there. And they're not this... It's not just American media. But today we're talking about the tragedy in Paris, France, where uh, an organization... A satirical magazine, just a French magazine that just likes to poke fun a little bit at everybody. At everybody, ended up having um, a ten or so of their employees killed, plus two other police officers were killed in a coordinated strike. Uh, basically, it was an attack on this office. And um, one of the things that this magazine is known for is they've been um, they've been drawing cartoons. Of everyone, and they poke fun of the Pope and everybody, but they've also drawn cartoons of Muhammad, the Prophet Muhammad, and a lot of, you know, Muslim faithful. Now, this is
1: not the first time this office has been attacked either. Oh, isn't it? No. In 2011, the office did catch fire on the day it was due to publish a cover making fun of Islamic law. That's right. So.
0: So. Uh, it's just an example, I think, of of a communication entity that is now suffering f- some blowback. And 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 wh- why I think this is powerful is we have with us today in studio, Dr. Clark Callahan. Who has his PhD from University of Oklahoma? He's a professor here at Brigham Young University, and teaches courses in intercultural and international communications theory and research methods. He's uh, he's a, a you know a well uh, liked and and a, and a well versed I, I don't know liked actually yeah. some of the students some of the students are actually here in, <laughs> in the BYU department here and they're quite frustrated with it. <laughs> um, but uh, Dr. Clark Call- Callahan, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you very much. And we threw this one on you because we didn't know, you know, so we're surprising you with this. But culturally, I mean, when we talk about communication, it's not enough to just say what you want to say. I mean, you can just do that. And I guess we have the right of freedom of speech here in this country. But at some point, you if you want the messages to be received, you have to understand who you're talking with and how right. how what the potential ramifications are it is... So when you look at what happened today in uh, Paris, do you?
3: I mean, you must just be thinking, "Holy cow!" Cross-cultural <laughs> sure, communication yeah, issues. Yeah. Uh, these things happen on a regular basis on from individual sorts of levels all the way up to these sorts of uh, uh, kind of grand scheme sorts of way. The Sony example, yeah. is yeah, another, that another is. good uh, good example of that, but. Uh, the thing is w- with media and how media works, and in the backlash that that obviously happens because of that. Um, when we talk with people face to face, we can read their emotions. We can read their feedback mm-hmm. immediately. And if we say something that be that might be offensive, we can see that, and uh, you know, we could say, "Oh, you know, I said something wrong." Right. But when with media, you have this distance. You have the separation. And if I say something that's offensive to you and I could sit back and give myself a chuckle and without the – that immediate sort of censor that happens with face-to-face communication. You bet.
0: So you have, you have some – you have that feedback loop that you might not get right. in mass communication. Right. But I guess you also have sometimes more of just an inherent cultural understanding Right. If you're standing face-to-face or if I'm in your country and I'm in your town. Yeah,
3: absolutely. That's interesting. And so uh, we say and do things online uh, through media that we would never do face-to-face. And uh, making fun of of religions or, or of people um, it tends to be kind of a – a theme that yeah. runs through social media and it's one of the the dark sides. There's, there's wonderful... Yeah, uh, great benefits. But there's also that dark side and, and that is the, the empathy that comes through face-to-face communication. So I'm not, I'm not castigating uh, no. this company or, or, or Sony or anything like that uh, because they have the right to say what they want to say. But when cultures um, are come into contact... Uh, I think of it as a big room, and up till you know two thousand or so, uh, people talked face to face with within in corners. But now everyone's brought together, and we're seeing um, relationships develop, uh, good and bad, um, that were not we weren't able to see before.
0: Well, another example is Ferguson, Missouri. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have black and white culture, and we all thought we were seeing what we thought was the same thing. Right. And then in reality, they're two completely different cultures. How do you – so if we're talking about communication – and this can actually – I see it just in marriages. Right. Like the culture of your family versus my family, we can break that down. But what are we supposed to do even in a Ferguson Uh, I mean – and again, it gets weird because people have rights to say what they want to say. But then sometimes what they're saying is inflammatory or just completely misconstrued based on culture. How do you start to negotiate in those situations?
3: Well, we say – there's a saying that uh, all conflict comes through – or most of all conflict, especially marriages but other places too, comes through unfulfilled expectations. Yeah. And so I expect – one thing to happen, and another thing happens, and then I get angry or upset. And uh, we're seeing that play out on a global scale now, oh, because yeah. of because of media.
0: Yeah. Well, and and two, it just it seems so interesting because you know the West supposedly is pushing for democratization of the world, and yet other of of these cultures, you don't have a right to say anything, right? You don't have a right to make fun of a prophet,
3: yeah. It's, it's a different, it's a different it's sort a of It's completely different. It's like uh, Kim, Gon, uh, Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, he is – you don't say anything bad about you him. You don't
0: make a movie about no, him. No, you do not do that. <laughs> and true.
3: so there's going to be – I don't know if we want to call it an adjustment period. But yeah. there's going to be some sort of – when, uh, when these, these cultures and these communications or these messages come into conflict with each other, we're going to see conflicts that we hadn't seen before.
0: And I guess it demands sensitivity – and for those that maybe sensitivity and patience i
3: mean it's how do you transcend well, we it? we can't be pa- patience doesn't apply to this this thing in paris
0: not to paris no no no, no but but i guess i'm saying everybody needs to start somebody needs to be sensitive enough to understand culture the culture right. they're dealing with right and then the culture that's offended needs to understand that that everyone's different right so I guess that's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. So how do you how do you ever? I guess you just hope we just hope that happens.
3: Well, to a certain degree, yeah. I mean, yes. yeah. Uh, the, the more the more interaction we have, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Obviously, um, one of the things that that we talk about, um, one of the reasons for studying intercultural communication is that the justification is if we just understood each other better, yeah. then we could get along. But if you take that to its logical conclusion, if I know you. To such a degree where I know your faults uh, and, and I may communicate so well that I know that I do not like you and I never will. Right. And so that's another component that is, uh, to this whole thing.
0: Well, I mean – and then think about a lot of these cultural problems, they're not new. Right, this These have been wars that have gone on for thousands yeah. of years, some of these. So – well, I, I think it's – it really is a fascinating uh, study that you're doing. I mean intercultural – it really is. We have to figure out, and I guess it's one thing to do it between Islam and America. Mm-hmm. It's another to do it between a husband and a wife, and it's another right. to do it between you know yeah. blacks and whites and right. all these different issues that are going on.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: We're talking with Clark Callahan, and um, we're going to take a break. Dr. Clark Callahan from BYU's Department of Communications. He's been here apparently since 2008. Right. Yeah, getting old. <laughs> Getting old. That's what my kids say. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they say all the time. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We're going to continue the discussion about cultural communication. Also, get into your kids and, uh, you know, how the impact that communication has on you, on your children, on your families, and the role that the media might be playing in shaping some of your children, helping them to define themselves. We'll take a break. More when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Try. I love Colby. Mixed with Jack? No. Oh.
1: little Colby Jack. I love
4: cheese, though. Okay. Don't get me
0: wrong. Colby Kiley. She's the best. Um, We're joined. By the way, you don't have to give up. You can try. Just try, 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 try. Uh, We're joined by Dr. Clark Callahan. And today we're trying to just understand culture and uh, and media, okay? Because here, and, and I, you, media doesn't have to just mean your television, and it doesn't have to mean a television station, but again, just on the hills of that tragedy in Paris, um, we're seeing more and more, we're living in a global economy, a global market, a global world, right? And now it used to be that we could just sit back in the States and only deal with people in the States, and then we, when we wanted to, we could go to Paris and enjoy Paris. Right. But now... You know, we're doing business in Paris. I have family that does business and runs a business in Paris and runs a ran a big business in Paris. And culturally, he could not. He could. But he really struggled with just their work ethic, their culture, how how they saw work as opposed to how the Americans see work anyway. It's a culture, and it's different. So we've asked Dr. Clark Callahan to join us. He's a professor here at the Department of Communications. He's been on faculty since 2008. His expertise is in intercultural and international communications He's received awards. He's the real deal. Uh, and apparently most of, his, most of his students, except minus a few. <laughs> Give me some names. I'm names. not giving you names, but they might walk by. Um, he's married to Rebecca. They're the parents of three boys and one girl. And we've asked him to be here to just teach us culturally. When we, when we have to go communicate with somebody from another culture, that could be, by the way, another state. Even, by the way, another religion. That could be another. Um, that could be another race. That could be another country. When we have to cross cultures, what are some rules or tools that you would give us to help us better negotiate those differences?
3: Well, I think the first thing you have to understand is that everyone's going to make mistakes. Yeah, and you have to be comfortable with that, and you have to get over this uh, uh, this manic need to get a, to be right all the time. Yeah. And uh, and just recognize it. And if you have uh, people there that you know, Confederates, or someone you can trust, you can say, you know what? I'm going to make some mistakes. Every time I make a mistake, I want you to let me know. Mm. And uh, have them help you out. And the more you do that, the the better. Confederates.
0: You, you need a spy. <laughs> you need somebody yeah. on the inside. Yeah, absolutely. But, but then I guess take the take the mentality that you can't go in. Because sometimes you might bring your culture and you think your culture is what is right. Like – my brother-in-law would have loved to have let somebody go in Paris, France, Right. one of his employees. Well, in Paris, you can't just fire someone. It, like It's an act of Congress. Right. And yeah. it's a government act, yeah. basically, to let someone go from their job. Mm-hmm. And it, it literally, he got to the point and it so frustrated him that he couldn't. And eventually, I think you're right. He just had to figure out that I'm in a new system, so I have to learn the system. Right. And once you understand the system— you can then use not just your culture right. to get what you want. You use your
3: skills. Right. And, and your personality comes out yeah. and then too. And the, the one thing you have to be careful of, a lot of times we think of a system, we have to adapt to that system, right. which which happens a lot. But yeah. at the same time, systems adapt to individuals as well. Truly. So it's this, this sort of co-constitutive thing. Yeah. If you're honest, if you're willing to make mistakes, and if you're willing to put yourself out there. I mean a lot of people go to countries, different countries, and they – uh, they live someplace for 10 years, yeah. but they may not speak the language. They uh-huh. may not understand the basic tenets of that of that culture. But, so you've got to have that experience. You have to have that the face. And time.
0: you can do research wherever you're going. I mean, like I just sit here and think of how Ferguson is going down and how blacks can't believe that whites think it's all normal and how whites can't believe that blacks think there's a yeah. problem. But if you just did some research or just listen to people. Yeah. Listen, actually listen to other people tell their story of why a black might not feel right. safe with a white cop.
3: Yeah.
0: I mean, hearing the story could let you be influenced. I guess that's the other thing is you need yeah. to be open enough to be influenced.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think we we come into all these sorts of situations thinking that we know what's going on. I, I taught a class on a military base a couple years ago and um, it was at uh an Air Force base and there was pilots who were in charge of training Iraqi pilots. Oh wow. Yeah. And uh we were talking about this concept and they they said, yeah, we 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 give the the classroom instruction, we take the these pilots up in the in the planes and and we'd ask them, Do you have any questions? Nope, no questions. And then they try to land the plane or take off or something, and they'd, they'd almost crash and they'd, they'd almost kill the everybody. they're like, what's going on? What why can't we Figure this out, and and yeah. they they finally they finally got to it, it was it was a cultural difference. Yeah. In uh, the Iraqis, it was rude to say that I didn't understand your instruction. What you said, yeah. yeah, it would like put you out. Yeah, absolutely. You're not a good teacher because I don't understand. And so they oh, said wow. that they understood when they really didn't. Mm-hmm. And so well, that so we assume huge. that things are the way that. That we think they are, but
0: so you might need to double check, you
3: might need yeah. to clarify <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> keep your hand on the throttle, I guess yeah, absolutely, but then the, I guess it wasn't there one of the airlines that crashed. there was yeah, one of those situations, yeah. was the Korean air because it was of a hierarchy, the, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you don't
3: you don't uh, you don't question the chief if, uh-uh. no.
0: interesting, and yet i I guess culturally we do, yeah, and then we put it on the news. <laughs> Isn't that? <laughs> yes. But again, that see, it's it, look at how many of our examples uh, just of life over the last few years are cultural. That must be good. This is good. This is good fodder for <laughs> an intercultural communication. It, it makes expert. for a
3: good classroom discussion. It does. Yes.
0: That's fascinating. Man. Do you? Um, and one thing we didn't talk about is you. You go train though. You train. And consult with the United States Department of Defense, the IRS. By the way, cross-cultural issues there. Like they have people that want to pay, people that don't want to pay. (laughs) Major cultural issues. But states, organizations – so when you go in, what else do you teach them? What else do you teach them to do?
3: Uh, It depends on the organization, what they need. Uh, A lot of it is um, developing communication structures within the organizations. A lot of times the, the, the messages don't get from the bottom to the top. Because of different cultural issues within organizations. And organizations have cultures just like oh, absolutely. countries have yeah. cultures. And, and you've got to kind of identify what's going on to be able to break through that.
0: So you do a lot of org yeah, systems. Yeah, leadership,
3: yeah. or comm stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm.
0: What, what else? Should, so I have a son in Mexico right. on an LDS mission. If you were going to send your child, let's say, away to Japan <laughs> – Okay.
3: Did I tell you my sons in Japan? No, is he? No, is he really? Is he really? I just threw
0: that out. How? See, see how intuitive I am, Sean. Sean, write that down once again. I was intuitive. Um, what would you? What do you tell your boy when he? You know, he's going to a completely foreign culture. What would you tell him to do? As far as to just adapt and to not just fit in, but bring your personality to it. So be yeah. you.
3: Be unique. Right. But understand culture. Well, I think, like I said before, you've got to be able to you got to be able to let let yourself go a little bit, yeah, and to get over this kind of this U.S. sort of Western, I'm right sort of a thing. Oh yeah, and, and there's only one way yeah. to eat raw fish. Oh yeah, you <laughs> you, you can spot Americans. I heard you guys. Talk I know. About it I <laughs> <you> totally can. <laughs> and everywhere you go, and they, it, but it is everywhere. They're culture. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just
0: there's something about the American tourist. <laughs> I don't know what it is. They get their 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 shorts and their
3: American flag
0: shirt. I was a, I was
3: it's in the Germany,
1: black socks and sandals, and it's the black socks and the white legs.
3: I was in Germany a year or two ago, and we were, we were walking through, and, and the person I was with says, uh, "You can tell Americans, I'm like, yeah. Tell me, tell me how you spot Americans." And, and she started pointing them out. That's Are you an American, serious. That's an American. Well, we eat like I remember in
0: Argentina. <laughs> I didn't know we were sitting there waiting to get on a bus. It was my very first city ever out of the country. And I'm drinking a bottle of, like, Fanta, and <laughs> yeah. I'm just chugging it. And you don't do that just on the sidewalk. And I'm just chugging it, waiting to get on a bus. And then we were in a hurry. I threw my bottle away, ran and got on the bus, and I had, like, three people run to my garbage can and start rifling through the garbage can to get my bottle. Wow. Because you don't throw bottles away. Yeah. That's money. Yeah. You can take that back and get a penny. <laughs> And I But I, I had no idea. I had just offended a culture.
3: Yeah. There, different cultures have different sort of uh, views of reality. Um, we say that the language that we speak tends to influence how we see the world. Mm-hmm. And so different languages. English, for example, is a very dichotomous language. Yeah, Things are either black or white, either lying or telling the truth. Right. You're either beautiful Good, or bad, you're ugly. Yeah. There's not many middle words hmm, specific to true. those sorts of things. And so Americans tend to see things as right and wrong much more than other cultures. Uh, Germany is is an example of uh, a very rule-oriented culture. They follow the rules. I was in a a shuttle bus from the airport from Frankfurt uh, going someplace, and the driver was an Italian. And we all got in in this bus, and he turned around and said, are there any Germans in the car? And we looked around, and I I guess there weren't. We said no, and he says, great, I can speed now. (laughs) <laughs> so,
0: Don't break the rules. The
3: German would tell him to knock it off.
0: Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But see, too, it also probably makes sense as to how, I mean, if if you're just going to follow the leader, yeah. then you'll follow the leader anywhere. Uh, what was the movie that just came out um, about World War II pilot? Unbroken. Unbroken. Have you seen that?
3: I haven't yet, no.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. I have to say, it's a great movie. That is a great movie. Yes. And I, you sit there and you see this Japanese uh what do they call it prisoner of war camp leader yes
1: he's he's the head of the prisoner uh, that the camp. for
0: some reason just singles out this american uh, this U- us athlete mm-hmm. can't remember what his name was a runner louis zampini zampini i believe that's yeah, the name i think that is it anyway <laughs> but you see the culture of you know just yeah. the honor the pride of japan
1: right. actually even earlier in that movie you get to see a culture <clears throat> Excuse me, you get to see the culture of immigrants in America as well That's because true. you see his right. his younger self uh and he is a first generation American. Uh his family came over mm-hmm. from Italy and there are people in the town that he's in and Pasadena actually. Was that Pasadena and No, it was Torrance, California. Torrance, Cal- yeah. And they are just berating him with some racial slurs right. and right. stuff. And so it's it I think it's a very good cultural uh, dichotomy in that movie. On all scales throughout the whole movie. Yeah. But that, culture
3: but, you don't see. Yeah. No, no. It, it, until it, you're looking for it. Yeah. It's the transparent part of the world that we live. We don't yeah. see it unless it's come, we come in contact with – you don't know what it's like to be an American until you're a place where you're, you're, you're not. not. Yeah. Well, and in America,
0: even in Canada or Mexico or a lot of these places you'll go, Great Britain, wherever, you're still – America's still positive. Yeah. I went to Argentina after the Falkland Wars where America wasn't so positive because yeah. we supported the Brits. And, you know, all of a sudden you realize,
3: hmm. Yeah.
0: We have effect. We, may, we, we impact. Yeah. Interesting. Wow, we're talking with Dr. Clark Callahan, who is uh, an expert in intercultural and international communication. Also, a lauded professor, lauded by all but three
3: of (laughs) his students. I need
0: names. I'm not giving you names, (laughs) but they are here, and they'll they'll be in in a minute. And we'll be back. We're going to take a break. More fun here, more interesting. I think insight also from Dr. Clark Callahan on how you bridge the gap between your culture and other cultures around the world and even in your neighborhood. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about the media and uh, its impact. Also just, you know, the fact that in a world, global economy, global world, global marketplace, you're going to have to start understanding others. Apparently we're not going to get through this world without understanding the impact uh, that we have on others and and, and trying to understand where other people are coming from. Dr. Clark Callahan is in studio with us today. He has a master's degree from West Texas State, which is now Texas A&M, West Texas A&M, Ph.D. from University of Oklahoma. He's on faculty here at BYU Department of Communications and is an intercultural and international communication uh, specialist and expert there. Also teacher extraordinaire, which is still apparently in doubt in the (laughs) minds of two of his cute little students. (laughs) But he's trying to teach us about, the, about cultures and understanding the, the culture of others as we're trying to communicate. One of the things I wanted to ask him, too, was about our children and the impact that media has on, on our children. It, talk about that because, I mean, all of a sudden, and even in the Paris shootings, tragically, everyone is filming – Right We're seeing live video of stuff we would have only ever heard about, right, and now it's out there, and now my children can go see it, read it. I have a son that knows so much because he watches YouTube, uh, like yeah. my, I had a son say, uh, so what does what, what do the waves have to do with the moon, Dad?" And I'm like, well, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to Google it, and I should know that. But my son, 16, 17, just starts talking and explains it beautifully. And I'm like, where did you learn that? And he's like, YouTube, Dad, YouTube. And I'm like, and we're, we're always bugging him. Go get good grades. And yet he can explain All right, some yeah. theory. So talk about technology and the impact it has on our children.
3: We've talked about how um, media changes. Um, it changes us. It changes uh, the people around us change the way that we see the people around us. Yeah, and so uh, kids have a different; they live in a different reality than what we grew up in in the '70s and '80s. Right? Uh, we call uh, the millennial generation millennials. Uh, we're Generation X or baby boomers. Yeah, and uh, they experience the world much different. I kind of the millennials. It. The millennials do, see yeah. it
0: differently. And and that is are we calling the young ones less? Uh, what, what's what's younger than a millennial? Oh gosh,
3: who knows now? Yeah, he knows. Is, but, is that Gen Y? No, but no. Gen Y, nope. I think, is before no. X, okay. right? I think they're they're starting to call them post millennials. Oh, is that what it oh, is? Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. And I, I tell the I tease the 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 students in my classes. You know, your kids are going to freak you out, <laughs> just like you freak us. <laughs> That's out. right. These guys are on twenty four seven. Totally. And it's good for employers because now when your employee goes home, you can text them or email them or give an assignment and they're on it. Oh yeah. Um, because they're they're connected twenty four seven. The bad news is is that for us Generation Xers, n- we now have to compete with that. Oh yeah, and it's it's horrible. And uh, students will text me or email me or call me, uh, whatever time at night, and expect an immediate response. <laughs> See, but we're, don't
0: you feel like as an Xer, <laughs> I feel like roadkill on the information highway? Yeah. Don't you feel like yeah, you're just yeah. dead? Because yeah. we're we're still pretty advanced, and yet. My fifteen-year-old can. My seventeen-year-old can school me. Right. My nine-year-old, right? Well, he'll school everybody.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and it's it's this immediacy. Immediacy. One um, of the person who writes about this. Uh, a guy named Neil Postman. Yeah. He talks about the impact of technology on societies, and uh, he talks about this. And every time we switch media, um, let's say from the newspapers to social media or something like that. There are winners and losers, but also there's prejudices that go along with those technologies. They're not just uh, sort of arbitrary things that we use to communicate. That's true. There, there's there's social, there's political, there's emotional sorts of ideas and concepts that you accept implicitly as you use those technologies.
0: Do you remember when we had TVs without really good remote controls?
3: You, well, you sat on – you laid it on the floor and you turned the dial with your foot. Do you remember that? Yeah, with your toes. And the assumption was <laughs> you,
0: you just – you watch what's on. Yeah. You're not going to get up. <laughs> and there was four channels. You might but get your, your little
3: brother to turn, that's it. turn, yeah. turn. Every yeah. time <laughs> anyone would walk in, you'd say, hey, mom, change the channel. Uh,
0: uh, but really, isn't that – that's true that yeah. Postman saying there's
3: an inherent paradigm – there's a prejudice. Prejudice. Every, every medium has a prejudice. So cell phones, cool. for example, have a prejudice of connectivity. Right. Yeah. And that's a great thing. But at the same time, whenever we feel sad or uh, we, we connect – and so uh, you know, I've, I've heard uh, people argue that that's one of the reasons why so many people text and drive – it's because you're in your car, you're alone. You're you start thinking, and, and you oh, start true. feeling sad about something. So you grab your phone and you start yeah, texting. That's right. You connect, right? And in that connection, uh, takes away those lows, those highs, and makes us see the world, experience the world in a different way.
0: And it seems like with technology, there's an inherent prejudice that you, you'll be informed, right? Like now, I mean, nowadays people are surprised if you you didn't know. Yeah. You didn't know something, yeah? What you don't, you don't, you're not on Facebook and you don't have a news feed and you don't. Yeah.
3: How could you not know? Of course, right. you
0: know. I texted you twice, <laughs> yeah.
3: And so these the, the kids that 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 grew up with this technology. I mean, they're they're so much more advanced. So, yeah. Well, advanced isn't maybe the right word. They're, they're so, so different, different right? Yeah. Yeah. But that that's
0: that's cultural. That's cultural, yeah. So as a parent, your children aren't you. Yeah. And their their expectations are actually significantly different. Right. And I mean, there's always love. You always
3: love. There's caring. I want you to
0: get a yeah. good degree. I want you to get a good degree.
3: So a student calls me and leaves a message, hi, this is so-and-so. Could you give me a call back? This is my number. You and I would never, never. have done that uh-uh. to a professor. It's not like, I mean, I don't care. I'll call yeah. him back. It's not a big deal. Um, but it's not something that... that <laughs> you and i would have done well
0: back then you'd never give your phone number out for your cell phone cuz it's like 8 dollars a minute <laughs> yeah, so you're like not going to waste it on your professor well That's i know right.
1: just just uh, my kids education is so much different than mine was oh, yeah. when i was growing up my parents didn't have email to every teacher right oh yeah i've i've got email access to every single teacher that my kids have and my and their teachers will send us emails when oh. there's problems or when there's good stuff that happens as you, well.
0: Well you can see every test score. Yes. So my my wife can see the test score the minute it's it's posted. <laughs> or, I can't or if the homework assignment has been turned in. Yeah. Yeah. She, so every day we have a little review so what what was with the
3: test? What happened there? <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. But that's there, there's the but you know what they're they're used to that and mm-hmm. this idea of privacy that yeah. you and I have they don't they don't have that. How do you teach so how how do you and intervene on it's, that? It's so it's so funny because in class you'll hand an assignment back and they'll say. What did everybody get? And they'll all start, I got a D. <laughs> I got an <laughs> no F. No one ever would have done that back then no, because there was no, no way to know. No one cares now. Everything's out there for everyone to see. They don't understand this this issue of privacy. The yeah, concept of privacy is so different.
0: Well, that's why, too, I guess they'll also send pictures that are inappropriate because yeah. they're, not, they're not evaluating that. Yeah. Everyone's doing that. Yeah, sure. Does this, is, this, is this, I guess – Healthy? I sound like I'm a 90. <laughs> so is this healthy, Clark, or is this – do we want to
3: mitigate it? What do we do as parents? Well, well it's both. It, mm-hmm. there's, there's healthy aspects to it, but there's also aspects that, that need – that kids need to be aware of. Yeah. Privacy is one of them. Anything you post online, expect it to be there forever. Yeah. That's what I tell my kids. And understand don't, your audience. Yeah.
0: People are going to be – people – you don't need to – you need to know who you're talking right. to. You that's can't
3: – there's no such thing as deleting something from the internet. That's right. It's Ever. there forever. So that, that funny picture that you had when you're doing that, <laughs> that thing that you thought was funny yeah. when you were 13. That's not funny. When you apply for a job and they do they do a Google search on you, which is more and more is happening. Uh, and that picture comes up and then – Oh, that's scary. Yeah. That's where we live. That's,
0: well, you know what? It's <laughs> kind of a scary world except I guess when it comes down to it uh, – it also has an immense opportunity to influence Absolutely. more lives. Yeah, I mean, I, I influence people in Argentina. Your son's influencing right. people in Japan. But we gotta know what we're doing.
3: Yeah, it's the the new currency now in social media is likes. I know, yeah, that's crazy.
0: See, so, so think of, so really, what is the prejudice there? That you're not as valuable unless you're
3: liked. Absolutely. And, and your and messages a, don't from a, value. From a corporate perspective, from an interpersonal perspective, from an individual identity perspective, likes are the new currency for uh, the post-millennials. Oh,
0: wow. We used to not care. <laughs> no. Now it's like, oh, so was it? how many likes? I have kids that say, oh, dad, I did this thing and it's got 30 likes. I'm like, great. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, Dr. Clark Callahan, we appreciate you.
3: My pleasure. That Thank was you.
0: great learning. Great lesson. <laughs> Thank you. If you want more information, come to BYU Communications I Department. i love to. Yeah. Look him up. Clark Callahan's his name. Thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, take care of your kids. Good luck in the next few generations. You bet. Thank you. Well, uh, great stuff. I'm telling you, a lot to learn here on this crazy ball of mud, isn't there? And it's not easy. There's no one right or, right, right or wrong answer. But one answer might be we, know, we all need to try a little harder to understand each other a lot more. We're going to take a break, my friends, and uh, when we come back, we'll do a little bit of the Coach's Corner. I'm going to give you some lessons from the world-traveling flight attendants. The top lessons from a flight attendant. What she's learned about all the universals of human beings. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the second hour of the Matt Townsend Show, right here on BYU Radio. The show where we give you the toolbook, the handbook to humanity. How do you make it through this crazy thing we call life? You know, they never give you the skills and the tools. Sure, you learned algebra and math, but have you learned about how to deal with difficult people? That's one of the the things we're going to be discussing today. We're also going to have Julie Nelson on, the child whisperer. So we call her the Teen Whisperer. Mm-hmm. She's going to come on, teach us about media and our older children, perception of TV shows, the impact they have. Uh, we're going to get into that as well a little bit later in the show. But uh, again, we, we've we been talking in the first hour a lot about just the news coming out of Paris, that tragic shooting of that the office of the Charlie Hebdo uh, what do we call that? I guess it's a magazine. It's a, magazine. Mm-hmm. a satirical magazine. And uh, oh, it's just, you know, life's changing, folks. And do you feel like you have the tool set? Uh, we also just spoke uh, earlier on the topic of cultural communication. But I, I sat there and I thought, okay, who would know how to deal with a wide variety of people? And I thought— International salesman, International salesman, Anybody on an airplane. True. Spreading— Viruses in that contained little box.
1: More the flight attendants, I think, than the pilots.
0: Totally. Yeah, because they're not talking to anyone. Uh, So that's what I did. I found an article on Matador Network. Didn't even know that a network existed. Hmm. By a woman named Kara Mulder, and the name of the article is 19 Universal Truths You Learn as a Flight Attendant. Planes are always late. (laughs) <laughs> Planes are always late. Um, people are are people need to be fed, or they're going to be hungry.
1: I, I do know of a plane that was early, once just a few weeks ago. Was it? My sister in law was on it. The guy, uh, a gentleman, had a heart attack. That'll do it on the plane. Oh, that'll and do it. they called ahead and said, "Okay, can we land here?" And they said, "No, just keep going. Just go faster." Really, They left 20 minutes late, arrived like an hour early or a so, or half an hour, so we or 45 could, they, minutes early.
0: they could actually move up the planes that fast. hmm <laughs> Kind of makes you wish they would. I guess. Minus the – see, but that was – oh, that's well, but, tragic.
1: Yeah. They're but, using more gas than they wanted to, sure. of course.
0: So here's 19 universal truths that you would learn as a flight attendant. Number one – we won't get to all of them. It's impossible to make everyone happy. I challenge you to get to all of them <laughs> But I can't.
1: But yeah, no, it's imp- that's. I learned that in radio myself. Oh, it's impossible in communications. You can't let it go. You can't.
0: Don't 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 mm-hmm. don't push the let it go button. It's impossible to make everyone happy, and yet we try so hard. Oh yeah. And there's some people that try even harder than others, and those are the ones that are going crazy because you can't please everyone. It's not going to happen. Another one is distance can be nothing, and distance can be everything. Really? Yep. Flight attendants create friendships all over the world. Oh, I see. Distance sometimes makes no difference regarding love, and at other times it quickly erodes a personal connection. I can travel Mm -hmm. far away on a whim, which offers the opportunity to create unexpected relationships, and yet the ability to be in many places for a short amount of time has diminished power to maintain a relationship. Hmm. But it's interesting. If you had the ability to fly anywhere in the world, like think of how far Cairo seems. Exactly. But if you can just go hop in your jet and you're there in 10 hours or whatever, it's not so far. Uh, energy is contagious, good or bad. Ooh, I like that one. That's a pretty cool. I think lesson.
1: that is a that's a universal truth. And have right you ever there. just sat
0: on the airplane and seen someone came that the, they're they come in and they're walking down the the aisle there and you know there's just some bad energy there. You know? Yeah,
1: I've seen. That. Somebody's gonna get hurt. <laughs> and you just keep open. I hope you go by my, Don't sit next to
0: me. Don't that's sit. Right. Next oh me. yeah. Don't no. Oh geez. <laughs> 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 yep. So think about it out there in listener land. Well, What's your energy like? And then of course they take your window seat. Oh yeah, because you're hoping nobody See, do sits there. You want there. a window seat? I never go I for l- the window. I love window seats. I like
1: the aisle. I, well, I have to have window or aisle. Yeah. I prefer the window because I my my arms extend out and I yeah. hate I hate getting bumped by that cart. Oh yeah, that's
0: hard. I like I have the, short legs, so it doesn't bother me. But I like the freedom because I can get to right. So right when that bell chimes. Right when the oh, plane you're one stops, of those. I pop right up. You're one of those. And part of that is I just want to be standing. You know what I mean? I hate mm-hmm. being trapped in my seat. For hours. With those people, just their rear end right in your head, and you're just like, mm. come on. And it's hot. Take a mask. That's <sighs> yeah, bad. Very bad. <laughs> very, very bad. Uh, sometimes, another one is sometimes you will drop things, you know. Things happen. A bag of ice. You might drop a soda, a drink all over some guy's laptop. It Oops. happens. Oh, no. Not the laptop. <laughs> That's why you should always shut your laptop when they come around. Another one is a good night's sleep is a game changer. I cannot sleep on an airplane. Can you? No. But if you – like I'm I'm actually going travel. – I'm traveling tomorrow. Yes. And I can't sleep. I can sleep for the first 30 minutes. I can sleep till we reach 10,000 feet. And then they turn off the seatbelt sign. And the minute that seatbelt sign goes off, I'm awake. <laughs> and then, I, then it's great for me because then I do a lot of work. I, I,
1: I, I snooze for maybe a minute or two and then I wake up. Yeah. And then I wake up. It so just goes back and forth. And I.
0: Uh, <sighs> you know, another one is uh, that she mentions again, this is from Matador Network mm-hmm. the uh, 19 Universal Truths you learn as a flight attendant. And um, another one is a smile is a universal form of communication. Yes. Universally, smiles work. They do. I'd use them everywhere you go. So as we talk about the differences between all of our cultures and how we fight with other people and their culture, or we don't understand it, or we hate it, or we, you're a Republican, Democrat. You know what? Everyone's smiling at one time or another. Uh, Being nice is priceless is another lesson she learned. Another one is being 30 pounds heavier isn't a big deal. Really? She says as a flight attendant, she's been both. 30 pounds heavier, 30 pounds lighter. She's also met people from all over the world of all weights, sizes, all different packages. And guess what? They're still people. There's still people. You're still just a person. Yeah. Uh, another one, A universal uh, learning, is that you need to be thankful. Waking up in foreign cities and meeting people with interesting stories has me constantly wondering how I got to this wonderful point in my life. She's I, so grateful for I it. I love to travel. I love to I
1: love to see new things. Yeah. And take it's, things it's, in yeah. like that. Yeah, so that's
0: interesting. I don't. Really? But I did it for a, a living. Yeah, I know. But you yeah. trap but when you went somewhere, you went to work. Yeah. So everywhere I was going was work and then that was always kind of stressful. Mm-hmm. So I'm even I take people on cruises and stuff and I don't even love that because it's just I know that yeah, I'll go see the 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 Rays, the right. sea, whatever they're called. Man-a-rays. The Manta Rays. The Manta Rays. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to be doing a speech in a half hour later. Oh, man. I got a Buh. speech. What if you went on a cruise just with your family? And That would be fun. See, if I just took my or kids, just, totally different game. Just your wife. But then, it, yeah, that would be totally great Totally different too. game. But see, that's stressful too because then I'm worried about the kids getting there and losing something. That's why you go with just your wife. That's great. But what if <laughs> my wife loses something? Number 11. Here's another interesting one. Good friends are irreplaceable. Wow. You learn that. Yeah. You, you need a good friend. Many discomforts are temporary. That's one interesting thing. That is thing. true. You know what? It's just temporary. Now,
1: it, it, and it may you may think, oh, I got to sit here for another two hours when you're on the plane, but that's
0: only two hours. It's two hours. And you, there's a lot you can learn in two hours. Yes.
1: Especially about yourself.
0: That's right. And neat, a neat thing is, we have all this technology, so you can just go into La La Land. Oh, yeah, no and just kidding. lose part of your life. Uh, another thing she talked about is everyone has a story. Universally, everyone has a story. We have a show here at BYU Television called the Appleseed. The Appleseed. That's the radio. What's the show side called? The television show where they just go around and they find your story. You remember? Oh yeah. They spin um, the dial and then they mm-hmm. just—I can't remember the name of it. Story Track. Story Track. Yes, Story Track. And they have just show a up whole on the door. Based on that. And all of a sudden, there's a story. So every single person. Every person that we are dealing with in life has a story and you need to go figure out their story. Uh here's another one. This is a great one. Always lock the deadbolt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because the funny thing about a hotel, I'm telling you, you got it. You can open oh, yes. your card will open 50 you know, 50 doors in a big hotel. Uh-huh. I one night I had just taught a workshop. Should you I be was sharing so this story? Exhausted. Yeah, I guess. It's been a few years. Went to my room so tired. Put the my key in, unlocked it, walked right in. You went to the wrong room, didn't I you? I walk in, it's dark and I see a man half dressed asleep on my bed. And I'm like, "Hello. How many,
1: how many floors off were you?" I was
0: one floor off. <laughs> I was one floor off, and I got a man in my bed. And my, I wasn't registering because I'm like, well, my key works, so this is my room. Right. what what is what he I doing think. in my bed? Uh-huh. And I'm like, Dad, is that you? <laughs> no, I didn't. So I, couldn't, I could not get out of that room fast enough. Got out. My heart was racing like, oh, jeez. Because I'm thinking he's going to wake up and shoot me. Sure. Because we mm-hmm. live in America. Mm-hmm. And uh, but and then I go out and I look at the door and it's like one floor off.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> he, he
0: didn't wake up, did he? Nope. Oh, you got lucky. I don't think he did. <laughs> I got down to my room as fast as I can. Always lock the deadbolt. A few more. Be willing to take some risks. You got to be smart. Come on. These are lessons from a flight attendant. I,
1: I, I, I did that when
0: I, was, when I was in Italy.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had my rule for my kids, you got to taste it before you say you don't like it. Yeah. I took that to heart when I was in Italy. Did you? Yeah. Now I had some things I didn't like.
0: Yeah, I had stomach. But I had yeah, people. I had
1: people I was there with who wouldn't touch
4: stuff.
0: Right. No, you got to try it. Yeah. By the way, that gets to our last two. Sometimes nothing makes sense. Oh, that's true. So I was in my biggest snowstorm I've ever been trapped in was in Arizona. <laughs> that does eight, not make like sense. Like eight feet of snow in Flagstaff, Arizona. I was trapped for like three days. Hmm. I flew all over the country. The only country, the only state that stopped me, the only one, <laughs> in eight, nine years, the only state was Flagstaff, is Arizona. Last one. Life clicks in the moment when it's meant to. Life doesn't always click. It doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always work. But when it's meant to, it'll work. And one thing I would just challenge all of us out there in listener land, as you're experiencing more people, dealing with more people in life, learning more things, Maybe you need to see it as an opportunity that maybe was brought to you to have an impact, to change a life. The people that you're meeting in your life are there in your life for a reason. See what happens when you start seeing them as a reason and somebody important that maybe was placed in your life to make a difference. You might start valuing those people a little bit more. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, Julie Nelson's going to be here, the child whisperer, the mom bomb. She's going to teach us about our kids and the media and what we need to watch out for with our young, children, not just our young ones, our teens as well. Good stuff, my friends. Again, thanks for listening. We'll take a break back with Julie K. Nelson right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. Little Thompson Twins. Holy cow. I haven't thought of
1: them since high school. Oh, come on. You watched 16 Candles, didn't
0: you? Yeah. That's when I thought of them. That was when I was in high school. That is cool. Lies, lies, lies. I haven't heard that song since Vietnam. Uh, No. No. Not that far back. I'm not that old. I was a teen uh, right then. Right then. During that 16 Candles. you remember? Do you remember those days? Yeah. Mm. I was a
2: little bit older than that. Cause you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: I'm so much more wise you look and older fantastic. than you.
0: she's sporting a black, red, and white dress. We uh-huh. called it a flag dress. <laughs> so if anybody knows what the flag that is black, white and red, I'm sure it's from Angola. <laughs> we'll look it up. <laughs> okay. It's, her my, name,
2: it's my cultural crossing dress.
0: Her name's Julie K. Nelson. You're still not using the K, are you?
2: I am. Actually, I, I'm using the K. I have a new book coming out in March, and it's got the K on it.
0: Holy cow. Yeah. How do you um, – well, let's, let's introduce you first, then I'll ask the questions. We call you the bomb mom, the child whisperer, mother of five children, author of Parenting with Spiritual Power, and you are the guru that can be found at a spoonful of parenting. Dot com. Dot com.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, first of all, how did the holiday season go for you? It was pretty stressful. How was yours? Uh, fantastic. Oh, good. Stressfully fantastic. Good. I, I'm not big into the holidays, uh-huh. but I did notice that my children spend a lot of time watching the media, mm-hmm. all forms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? From nine up, everybody had a device. <laughs> we hardly talked. But I realized that my children are being raised by their their different media source. That's right. That's scary.
2: Yeah. So media has become the other parent.
0: Yeah. Uh And you know what? But you know what's great? It's free.
2: It is, but... You're not having to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. But do we always... uh, You'll pay for it later. (laughs) Yes. Want to pay for it now or pay for it later?
0: That's true. I never Uh thought of that, though, really. But, I mean, I guess, but as a latchkey kid, I grew up and, you know, my favorite television shows, I thought I was Ponch or John from Chips, (laughs) but and they raised me.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, you've got the Dick Van Dyke show. You've got, you know... Yeah, all those shows that were so, you know, Brady Lucille Bunch. Ball. Yes, Brady Bunch. I mean, Brady you know, Bunch. really. But look at what's being taught now. What are the stereotypes that are happening on the media right now yeah. that are influencing our kids? Quite a different story.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's because you kind of had to watch what was on. Mm-hmm. And then so you always had the local networks that were – you know, filtering for you, making sure no one was saying anything. Mm-hmm. But now my kids, holy cow, what they can find. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to, like, turn off TV. I mean, turn off the the certain media sources to your devices.
2: Yeah, and, you know, we grew up with, uh, you know— the antenna and we had seven channels. You remember? I dream a genie yeah. and you know, that sort of stuff. And now you've got every kind of sourcing you can possibly have. And you mentioned YouTube before that. Oh, yeah.
0: So did you ever but again like YouTube, my son learns I mean, he just listens to physics stuff all day.
2: Well, good for him, but see, other kids are downloading stupid cat yeah. videos, which is not too oh, yeah. bad either. But then you've got really trashy stuff yeah. going on.
0: I gotta say the
1: Khan Academy on YouTube is fantastic. Oh, is it really? If you want to learn math, I mean, and oh, you can yeah. go all the way up to holy cow, calculus and things. What's that called? Khan Academy, K A H N. Like yeah, Graph I've seen of Khan. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it. Been you, on it before. S- simple math mm-hmm. all the way. Uh, they even do. They are even working with a bank now nationally. That's and right. doing budgeting and, and so you finance can get stuff. so
2: much phenomenal stuff on the media. But my concern is, is who's raising our kids right. and who's the role models for them today? You in still got to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Parent up. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, here I am. The media, we can't ignore its influence on our dress, our attitudes, the way we even talk, the vernacular – one study shows that exposure to pro tobacco marketing and smoking in the media more than doubles the odds that kids will start smoking, and really? half of the kids who start smoking say they do so because they saw someone that looked cool that was mm-hmm. in the media smoking i' yeah. um, just that one little thing now, if we take smoking out of the picture. what else are they teaching our kids how to speak the, oh, yeah. d- the disrespect to adults yeah. you know, it 's all over yeah. in these kid shows, these teen shows uh the way they dress um the immorality that 's going on. Um, the the flagrant use of um, y- you know f- foul things, oh, um, even recreational drugs going on, mm-hmm. and so is this the is this the the other parent and the giant super peer that we want?
0: But even on the great, even on channels that you know try re- that you know they make a lot of money on children, mm-hmm. and you know they try really hard to keep it clean. But still, the role model or the view of a parent is that we're basically all just idiots. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So half mm-hmm. the parents in these shows, or half the adults—they're all idiots. on a Disney network, or a lot of these networks—they're just idiots. They're idiots. Like, and, the kids your are the, brain? and the kids are
2: the ones that they're, they're the tail that's wagging the dog. Yeah, totally. And so they are the ones that are calling the shots and making the, the the parents look look stupid. Yeah. Even look at the Hannah Montana show. I mean, she was a cute little thing, but she was sassing it up all over the oh, place, yeah. and her dad was a dope. I mean, he really oh, was. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, but by
0: the way, I think Hannah Montana. The, my, she turned into Miley Cyrus.
2: I think she did. And here's one of my points is <laughs> <laughs> if if you have certain media types um, that like the Hannah Montana, really I would caution parents to be careful about what you do to – Uh, acculturize them into that role model persona that this is the person that we want and we go and we buy the Hannah Montana t-shirts for them and the Hannah Montana backpacks and the Hannah Montana bedspread and then we're telling the child um, first of all you're not good enough you yourself without having someone else's image on you because you you, your your face isn't good enough you need the logo um, to make you more beautiful more cool and so let's buy all of this and you can become a walking billboard Mm -hmm. for somebody else for commercialism as well as you're not not good enough by yourself, you have to have someone else's image on top of you. And then, here's the thing, they, they all disappoint. Well, no. Yeah. I shouldn't say all, oh, that's too well, yeah, much. But-, but media images, especially in this whole teen wacky world, mm-hmm. they tend to grow up and turn into somebody else. And so, what I would say to parents is, don't uh, glamorize and role model a person, yeah. even a Hannah Montana it's fictional true. person, but glamorize or, or celebrate, I should say, traits that person has. Well, because, by the way. because a person will disappoint. Oh, yeah. Hannah Montana disappoints when she grows up to be Miley Cyrus and does all kinds of twerking tor- yeah. stuff on TV. Wow, She'll disappoint you yeah. as a person, as a, ro- a celebrity role model, but traits that she has exhibited could still be taught to kids. Look what she did. This, uh-huh. that trait, I want you to look for because then you can find those traits in other people.
1: That's huge. I've actually gone through this. Okay. Oh, the twerking he's no. talking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You should see My daughters twerk. are totally embarrassed.
0: <laughs> I would pay totally. 20 bucks to see you twerk.
1: It's on Facebook. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It would never be on
0: Facebook. That would be bad. But no,
1: my kids grew up with Hannah Montana on Disney Channel. Yeah. And now we're faced with yeah. Miley Cyrus. What are
0: you supposed to say?
1: But my kids, I don't know if I taught them right or what, but they go, they, they, just, they sit there and they just think, Why is she doing
0: this now? Yeah, but That's a great, that's what they ask. See, to me, that's the great discussion. Like, look what happens if we don't focus and we don't pay attention. And,
2: and you know, I'm not saying that, that, that seeing these types of people is all evil and bad, because even when you read children's literature and there's a negative role model in children's literature, I teach this at the university as well, that can be used as a discussion point of yeah. saying, how sad for that person that they couldn't see that this is going to cause them some grief down the road. And use it as a teaching point. Say, isn't that sad that Miley Cyrus made this sort of choice because she's a such a talented person. Oh, yeah. She's phenomenal. How sad for her that she had to do this and dress this certain way to think that that's sexualizing, yeah. going to, to attract people to buy her tickets to come see her concert, because it doesn't have anything to do with her talent. And then use that as, a, as an example of how you can look at traits, good and bad, to teach our kids. Not that, a, the person. It's, again, the role model itself can disappoint.
0: Well, that's why, that's why you can't leave it up to the media to be the parent. Mm-hmm. So the parent's the one that has to make that. You have to... Make make the leap to make the discussion.
2: And you can't say, oh, I hate Miley Cyrus. She's such a trashy person because that's what's going to happen. That child's going to go, no, she's not. And then they're going to start right. to defend their role model. That's right. So instead say, how sad for her. I'm so sorry. And then the child goes, why? Why are you sorry? Because she's so talented. Why is she having yeah. to dress like a prostitute to get yeah. people to pay attention to her? You know
0: what? She's turned into a wrecking ball.
2: Um, you, you know, maybe literally. Quite And she literally. could not name, me, like, name a, uh, one of her <laughs> albums out of that. She might want to. So, Well, she, you know, the point is you can show sympathy for a character and then the the child goes, why? Why? And then you can explain and you're not attacking them. You're showing what consequences of behavior.
0: Because you know who raised me was Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. Like really Mm -hmm. like Fat Albert. Mm -hmm. And then I listened to his comedy stuff when I was really young. And it was and yet that's why you can't ever hang it on a human. Yeah. You've got to hang it on a principle. So teach the principles. Teach
2: the traits. The traits will not disappoint you. Whatever's Mm -hmm. going
0: on with him, Mm -hmm. and there's a ton of bad media and everything. Yeah. But in the end, humans will let you down.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: Traits, principles won't.
2: And parents, don't buy into it. Don't make your child the walking billboard. Don't be that commercialized. Mm -hmm. Someone said, um, Miley Cyrus, let's let's stick on her. I'm sorry that we're picking on her. But she came to do a a concert here locally. And uh, parents said, my four-year-old is dying to see Miley Cyrus. And I thought, no four-year-old is dying to, <laughs> see, to see Miley Cyrus. Yeah. The parents are the one that's putting that uh, mm-hmm. expectation or that hype up on their kids. Another example, my neighbor just told me this. There was a, a, a musical group, kind of like uh, One Direction. Yeah. They were doing a bid of how much, if you paid, it, paid them this much money, you could get a free T-shirt. This much money you could get. And it went up and up and up. And the grandma spent $2500 for wow. a free a free concert or a concert to come and 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 do a private concert to her granddaughter and her friends. Now what's that saying yeah. to the granddaughter? The grandma is saying, "Ooh, this is someone you should fall in love with. This is someone who's going to twerk in yeah. your backyard yeah. and I'll pay $2500 for them to come and mess up your mind on Jeez. what really is important as far as um, you know, gender roles and yeah. identity and knowing these guys are all about sexuality. These are older right. kids, and a thir- thirteen-year-old audience—not appropriate.
0: Yeah, you know what, parent, we got to step up. Uh, we we got to start. We can't allow the media to, or or by the way, the phone companies, the cellular phone companies, or the football teams, and, we, we and can't purchase let
2: them these merchandise for our children.
0: Yeah. You know what? Let's take a break. Mm-hmm. Julie K. Nelson's her name. A spoonful of is her website. She's the mom bomb, and uh, she's going off. Not just on Miley, on everybody. We're gonna take a break We're off the grid. You're off the grid. <laughs> we'll take a break. we'll come back more about uh, more tips on uh, media roles and your children, how to make sure that uh, they have some guidance. This is the Matt Townsend show. you're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back. Hollywood Nights. You know, we came from a good era of music. Amen. Don't you think? Oh, yes. Mm. My, my
2: kids go back to the 80s all the time and go, Mom, how come you had it so good? <laughs> yeah. like, I know. Oh, yeah. And the 70s. Well, And, and, and by the way. Well, Gal- we, Guardians of the Galaxy was all about the 70s. I it's all oh, about that. you not love yeah. that oh, man!
0: See, it wasn't even just about the music. It was about the hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. 80s and the hair. Yeah. And the claw bang. <laughs> claw bang. She bang. Oh, by the way, I do have a, a note here. The red, white, and black flags. Yes, uh-huh. Okay. Oh, an update, by the way. The red, white, and black flag. Julie's wearing a red, white, and black flag dress. Uh-huh. Egypt. <gasps> oh. Knew it.
1: Iraq. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Sudan. Oh. They oh. also have green in there, though, too, yeah, in yeah. Sudan.
0: Uh, Syria and Yemen.
2: Oh, so basically, I am. You're a
0: terrorist, a terrorist yeah. state. <laughs> no, <laughs> not all of them are terrorist states. <laughs> Yemen. Interesting. So I, I there was something mm-hmm. I knew when I saw you. I'm like, oh, you, wow. I
2: walked in and you said, "Hey, how's the terrorist doing yeah. today?" I, actually,
0: I think I said, "That's the flag from the ISIS state." <laughs> yes, but you have read.
2: I'm completely offended.
0: Don't be offended. Okay. Uh, it, the, don't be offended. If anyone should be offended, you, you've offended me on the show before. Oh,
2: okay. Bye. Giving By, you the troll doll.
0: Give me a troll doll <laughs> and telling me I had the same body as a troll. <laughs>
2: did not. Yes, you did. You and then said you looked that. at my gut
0: and you're you, like, "Hey, put that away."
2: Uh, uh, I brought it because it was St. Patrick's Day and it was your <laughs> leprechaun. And you said, "Is this because this looks like me?"
0: <laughs> did I say that? Yes. No, I think you're forgetting. Yeah. Julie Kay Nelson's her name. A spoonful of parenting dot com is her game. She's the author of the book by the way, Parenting with Spiritual Power. She has another book coming out in mm-hmm. in, in the March spring. uh-huh yeah.
2: just went to press this week
0: is it really what <sighs> is it a good book is it are we, No
2: it's kind of yeah, it's kind of Is it a gross one yeah
0: yeah. You know, that happens. The second one's always harder than the first.
2: <laughs> no, the second one's really good. It talks about a variety of subjects, uh, which will appeal to anybody because they can, you know, look at any chapter and find something that will be irrelevant to them. I've got a chapter on co-parenting after divorce. Hmm. I've got one on blended parenting for those who mar- remarry. I've got on how to unify your family through doing household chores together, um, making you- bedtime a more peaceful time of day, and and you know how to help your child be emotionally intelligent.
0: Do you have one on how to get the idea of Sean twerking? <laughs>
2: Out of your Out head. Out of my head.
0: Because <laughs> that was brought up in the last segment. Uh, Sorry. I didn't hey,
2: you know go. what? And you're in my book. Remember how I talked to you about how your dog Buddy's in there? Yes. Because I have a book on uh-huh. how pets will. Latch, yeah. 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 That, he,
0: he was always meeting me the, at the door. The,
2: how Pets Enhance a Family. That mm-hmm.
0: is cute. Buddy mm-hmm. made the book. Buddy made the book. I should, I should give you a picture of Buddy.
2: Yeah.
0: I'll give you one where he's scooting across without moving his legs. He's scooting across the floor.
2: You know, the, the image I can't get in my head is how, buddy, how every day you gave him a spoonful of peanut butter yep. and he sat there and tried to lick it off. That poor child, I mean, yeah. poor child, that poor dog was t- tortured every day trying yeah. to lick it off the the roof of his mouth. You
0: won't believe this, but he actually died of heart disease.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. I wonder how. <laughs>
0: poor guy.
2: Ten hundred gallons the way, of peanut butter. I didn't fat,
0: use a spoon. Fat. I would just stick my finger uh, yeah. in the peanut butter. Okay. Wipe it on the dog's mouth. Worse. The roof of his mouth. Yeah. Lick off the rest. That's yeah. why I've got an incredible yeah. immune system.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buddy.
0: And, and you're the dog whisperer now, too. <laughs> the dog whisperer. <laughs> no, I'm not. Dogs don't like me. Um, so talk to me about... Give us some more examples, okay. tips for... Our different children, so elementary age kids and yeah. media, what do well, we need to watch out for? Well, the younger
2: ones, and my specialty in parenting in, uh, is early childhood and young children. And all research points to the fact that we really need to limit their time with technology. They um, thrive best through personal interaction, spending time with them, playing, reading. Great way to f- if found, uh, give a foundation to impart your values, to talk to them about honesty, about you know all kinds of virtues, yeah. so that when you're reading a book, um, you can say, to them why do you think that that uh, you know that, that character in that book is acting that way? Do you think that's going to cause them some problems down the road, or don't you think that that's going to you know help them to solve this problem?" Mm. And these types of of training from very young helps them. So later on, when they're grappling with, "Does this image on the me in the media is this a good one that I should adopt or not?" You've already instilled oh, yeah. these values and in, in in a personal way. You can't wait for Sesame Street to do that at five years old.
0: Do you think? like my son loves books, loves to read. He also loves his his iPad thing. I don't know, your tab. His mm, tab. tablet.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um, but I'm wondering, should I just put his books on the tab so that he also sees it not just as, a, mm-hmm. right now it's just a toy. Mm-hmm. His tab is just where he plays mm-hmm. and then his books, that's where he gets serious. But I wonder if you integrated it so that his reading was actually on the tab, and he could always notice there's other choices on the tab other than just our scriptures are on our tabs. Mm-hmm. And every time we go read scriptures, I can't tell if my kids are listening or paying attention. <laughs> they could be they're... playing
2: Candy Crush over totally. there.
0: And so I'm like, get your scriptures. Go get the books. not wild? So what would you well, suggest? Part of,
2: part of it is that uh, it's, it's the human interaction yeah. with a book. Um, If you give them a tablet, are you just plunking them on the couch down with the iPad and saying, here, iPad, you teach And even iPads will talk to you. It will read the book to them. So are you taking away the human element and that love of who you can transmit through your reading and then the book becomes a tool?
0: Right.
2: Uh, uh, The tablet sometimes becomes a replacement just like the TV does. But if I I
4: have
0: him read it and then we talk about it, you you don't see a downside to that. No, 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 no. Cool. No, no,
2: I think that you could, because it's it's educating them. Well, with and it's a, it's a
0: device mm-hmm. they're going to use the rest they, of absolutely. their life. I mean, mm-hmm. books are going away. Yeah. I mean, I, but I personally prefer the book. I prefer yeah. the hard book. Yeah, but no, it's going in. away
2: and it's helping to get them into the right uh, age of technology. That's cool. And also, if you're with them there, then you're going to help guide them towards the sites that are appropriate. Because yeah. you only have so many hours a day and your child only has so many, you know, hours of the day that you can help steer them towards Sites that have not stereotypes yeah. where the women's are we, women are weak, and I just bugs me because you know you have all of these cartoon characters where the women are all buxomy with bosomy yeah. and they and they're falling out of their little yeah. tiny tight costume, and yeah. then the men are all and and are these really the stereotypes we want to show our kids? <laughs> and where the women all help me, help me, and the men have to yeah. rush in and save all the time? Is that what we want our girls to have growing yeah, up? And so I can find a more appropriate role models through the correct sites if I'm there with the tablet right. standing sitting there with the computer, whatever it is, um, I have to be there in the early years. If you're
0: going you to parent, I have to tell them
2: and tell them why. Tell yeah. them why and educate cool. them. So that's for young kids. Yep. Then for middle-aged kids, again, avoid stereotypes. Um, you need to have strong female and male figures, parents that aren't whippy, wimpy, yeah. males that aren't wimpy, and, and you know, no bullying um, and disrespect that goes on. Yeah. Um, so watch for those things where you don't see a, a weak characters, and then go, go to the good stuff. Find people who can be inspiring in history. And then again, we talked about using role models, stars, celebrities, traits, not the person themselves.
0: By the way, online, I was looking up book books on tape. Mm-hmm. You can go to places, right, and buy your books on tape and listen to them. Or you can also go get about 5,000 free books from a dozen sites. That are all they're all free mm-hmm. and they're all classics. Mm-hmm.
1: They're,
2: they're so, just classics. They're so, such the classics good are available online.
0: Well, they are. They the, are. And the
2: Gutenberg
1: Project oh, yeah. is huge. a wonderful yeah. website. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, there's such fabulous literature. So fill up their time with the good stuff. And then um, we talked about not being buying into the role model consumerism, where they become a walking advertisement. Um, one T-shirt a, a young child had on that said, "The Future Mrs. Bieber." <laughs> and who's buying that T-shirt for that six-year-old? I
0: have no idea. And does
2: that mean that that mom is transmitting her values of that you'll only be good enough if you marry someone rich and famous, and you know that's what I, you know,
0: yeah.
2: And and logos and all kinds of stuff on a child because you have to saddle them with the expectation of you're not good enough. You have to have that person's face on your shirt I or mean, that logo but on see your that, shirt.
0: Okay, but that tells me as a parent you have to be media savvy mm-hmm. because if you just Googled Bieber. Just go Google him and then don't even look at – don't even look at what any of the sites say. Just go take the images yeah. and just go through the top 30 images on Bieber. You would never buy the T-shirt. Yeah. And again, it's not Bieber. You could do that with any yeah. – Miley or and do it with any of them. Yeah. You have to be savvy.
2: And you, and you can't be sucked into this. Well, I, only, I want my child to fit in. Yeah. So they're all talking about it. So I've got to buy him. I went to go. Um, I was helping my son's. Uh, he was in fourth grade. No, third grade. Third grade class. And I was there during reading time. The kids could bring out anything they wanted to read uh, of their own leisure, recreational reading, for 30 minutes. I walk around. People were reading the classics. They were reading what's going on, you know, right now during Fantasyland, you know, all the kinds of fantasy books and historical fiction. And then there's this group of girls over there with their magazines of the teen pop culture, Bieber, yeah. Fever, what's his favorite color, which way does he part his yeah. hair? And this is what they're reading. They're believers. In, in third grade. Who's, who's subscribing to these magazines? I I'm, would imagine the parents are. Interesting. And so yeah. we're feeding into this, this animal that's young children I Feel like that? This is what I have to. This is what I have to uh, aspire to be. See, uh, I have to. I have yeah. to be his wife, or I have to love. He has to love me, or I have but to.
0: People did this with Donny Osmond. Yeah, people did this they with did the Beatles. It. They, they, they the did Beatles, this with Elvis. Swooning. So this has always been going on. Except it has, it's uh-huh. different now. Yeah. Don't you think it's different than it's ever been? Because honestly, your kids know more about getting more of that yeah. than you ever will. Yeah.
2: And I So it's a different ball I, I, it's, game. it's the whole worship the role the person and the ideal we can never be with teenagers. This is this is dangerous too because not only for kids you now they have to worship this Bieber person and, and buy his magazines and his posters and everything you know for our bedrooms. But then for teenagers, then the girls become to not only worship the Biebers but also the image of the of the model who is the hanging on the Bieber. No, well the one that's about as the twig, the yeah. twig. Yeah, and then I'm only good enough if I can look like her, that model that's scary, skit thin. Yeah, yeah, no. and then that's yeah. the image the. the 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 airbrushed computer generated image on the top, the front of the magazine, and I'm only good enough if I can look like that. And that's another role model, uh, dangerous Uh, side.
0: I I like the full figure male role models. Yes. Which which is just pretty much only on the NFL network. But everyone on the NFL Network is a full-figured male. Yeah. Give us um, – what about the older kids? For the older
2: kids, I would say watch out for reality TV and for soaps because oh, they are yeah. reality TV, quote-unquote, but they're not. That is absolutely – those are genetic, Those are engineered yeah. to make it look like a reality, which it's not. And kids watch these things 24-7. They delude us into thinking that this, that alternative oh, yeah. life is sh- should be our life and the drama that happens on those shows. Oh, man. I mean they compress those drama and they put people in a room on purpose to create the drama and then you then teenagers and adolescents think that that should be what my life is about and they create their own their own drama you see the the, bachelor yeah the bachelor the cart living with the kardashians (laughs) oh Uh, geez. i mean seriously i mean that is not reality and if we uh encourage this behavior in adolescents to watch these types of shows that is a negative role model of thinking that that's what reality really is
0: yeah Wow.
2: So watch out for that, folks.
0: That, that's great advice. Yeah. It's almost like you thought this through, Julie.
2: Maybe for a few minutes.
0: Hey, uh just as we go, um Donnie Osman. Yeah. Were you a fan? Were you you were you were, I can tell. You no. were, you love the purple socks.
2: I never I never bought into the pop culture thing.
0: Not even Donnie.
2: I never bought a poster, never no.
0: Really? How about his little brother Jimmy?
2: He, no. The
0: Jimmy you thought was hot.
2: No, I didn't. I. That's the thing about it. I don't understand parents who buy into this and buy it for their kids because I have never, ever thought celebrities had anything more about their life. In fact, I feel kind of feel sorry for them. They also, often have really, really tragic wow. things going on. And I'm happy with my life. Yeah. My life's real. Theirs See, is not. that
0: was And that, that's great advice. And uh, I've taught my kids the same thing. I feel thing. bad. Yeah. My first girlfriend, I'm just going to put it out there, Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> She was my first girlfriend.
2: Yeah. No, I've never thought. I've never watched shows and go, "Ooh, man, isn't he hot?" I just wow.
0: See, that's (sighs) very controlled of you. That's why we have you on the show. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm living in reality.
0: Unlike the rest of
2: and us. you know that's what they do on a camera is they put, put it everyone's best side they put certain lighting on and the filters to make them look the very oh, best yeah. Oh, yeah. on a on a TV show on on an interview radio. on front of a radio on in here front look where all the light is front of a magazine <laughs>
1: that's the best side of the microphone that's yeah. thank you thank yeah. you
2: but it's never what it is and we i've I've taught all my kids that it's mm-hmm. never what it truly is and they go home and they go home and to you know I mean you look at Robin Williams what a fantastic oh, yeah. life he had, but when he goes home at the end of the day Suffered with some severe yeah. mental issues. Well,
0: see, and, and the funny thing is, is that's we all know that everybody does that, yeah. right? We all know that, and yet we hold them up, we hold them up like they're such a different standard. Yeah, right? yeah. Julie K. Nelson's her game. Go to her website, a spoonfulofparenting.com. dot com. You can get more enlightenment. She's got everything on the site. You've mm-hmm. got tons of blog entries, mm-hmm. yeah. appearances on TV. Mm-hmm. She's the bomb, mom. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, are you gonna stick with us? We've, I sure we've, will. We've got one more segment: perception of TV shows. Just be thinking about a TV show you watched growing up that impacted you, that that made that was maybe a role model. Mash. Ooh, oh wow. Hulahan. Hot lips. <laughs> We're gonna take a break.
2: Again, stereotypes. We're gonna end right here. Stereotypes. Houlihan. Margaret Oh, man.
0: Uh this is the Matt Townsend show. We'll be right back after this break.
4: Austin. Astronaut. A man barely alive. Gentlemen,
0: we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man.
2: Steve Austin will be that man. Better than he was before.
4: Better. Stronger faster
0: oh i love that doesn't that bring back memories yeah we have the technology What's, anyway and we throw that football and it would go so Fun- far n- 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 <inaudible> what was the guy's name that rebuilt him
1: oscar oscar, oscar. i don't remember his last oh, name though yeah.
0: no. but not the grouch that's no a different guy, Norm Madison. Oh, Norm Madison. But by the way, tasty Oscar. Uh, oh, that was a great show. See, okay, one of my heroes. One of my heroes in studio. Brennan Jernigan is joining us. He's the new. He's the, he's he's no longer the temp. We are promoting Brennan. No longer the temp. Now full time employee. Not full time. Full on the show. Yeah. Brennan Jernigan, the new um, – what are we going to call you? Just We're going to make up a nickname for you eventually, eventually. Yeah, we haven't done that yet. B-Dog, we were thinking. B-Dog for now. <laughs> uh, but Brennan's going to walk us through, um, I guess, some of our lessons, some
4: of the favorites, basically about the old school media. Yeah, well, what I what I was thinking about is the fact that as a child – I never really had any real conception about the idea that this was a show that someone put together. Someone thought of the ideas they wa- yeah. and produced it. To me, it was just like reality. Yeah, that was, was real. Just, yeah, it was just my That's life. the
0: bionic man is real. Yeah. And the bionic woman, by the way. Let's not overlook Lindsay Wagner. Dog. And the bionic and the dog. Okay, hey, the
4: dog got creepy for me. <laughs> that was a, That was a bridge too far. Okay, keep That's going. Smart. Yeah, so so I started thinking about this, and so I wanted to start looking up some of these shows on Wikipedia, yeah, and get a more objective view of of what okay. they were. And so I started with the thing that by far most influenced me as a child. What do you think it was? What TV show would you? Uh, I would, you would say Power Rangers. Read? Power Rangers was next, but it was Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And this is the one that started me getting interested in the subject because I looked it up and I found out that the reason that show was created was to sell toys. Of course. Yeah. And I thought
2: it was to sell pizza.
4: To sell pizza. I thought it was to sell mutant teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. But yeah, so that was kind of- That's a, weird. That was a little weird to me but because- But aren't all these shows created to sell something?
2: Because you have all the little toys. Like my son, probably around your age, a little older, and I had all those little plastic t- turtle toys. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: But it did teach us about Michelangelo, Donatello. Mm-hmm. It taught it was, us all, it, all about great- All the Italian masters. Great. So now when there's like a trivial pursuit question, you can just go, <laughs> who was one of the great masters? Oh, the yeah. Great art, oh, Leonardo. Michelangelo. <laughs> was it Leonardo? Donatello? <laughs> I don't know. Who, who was the fourth one? Who have know. we not said? Raphael, Raphael? Raphael. Raphael, yeah. Yeah, I never got into that. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Okay, what, what other ones? This is fun.
4: Well, I heard that you look up to Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. Oh, I love right? Gilligan
0: because he was squirrely. He was, he was <laughs> Kind of dumb, but really fairly
4: smart, and Wait. I think
0: he got more on the island by pretending like he was dumb.
4: Well, yeah. Do you want to hear Wikipedia's yeah. description of him?
0: Yeah, that, unless that's going to ruin it for me.
4: The bumbling, dim-witted, accident-prone first mate of the SS. Yeah, lineup. see, that's why we relate. Like. So that's what Matt looked up to. That's pretty much—by the
0: way, that's what we were going to, for my headliners on the show— mm-hmm. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show, where the bumbling, dim-witted, half-wit,
4: (laughs) accident-prone first mate, mate, will take you on a long journey. (laughs) And never come back. And never come back. This is actually my favorite sentence, though, from the Wikipedia article. Despite an awkward exterior, Gilligan has shown some intelligence. Some! (laughs) See? (laughs) This is me.
0: (laughs) I am an awkward—yeah,
4: okay, that fits. That's why I love it.
0: Yeah. But you know what? Marianne, I'm just going to shoot straight. Marianne liked him. You could tell. She liked him. Mm-hmm. Ginger was out of his league. Marianne, she liked
2: him. But Marianne him. and the professor were... No, that's what they want you to think.
0: That's what, because <laughs> you'd think Marianne would want a smart man. Yeah. But she was charmed mm. by Gilligan and his bony no, little No, she was just body. kind of... He was a
2: cute brother to her. But she and the professor, we totally lined that up.
0: Mm, I don't know. I think that's weird. I think yeah. Ginger liked the professor. No,
2: Ginger liked... Um, She liked the skipper.
4: Nobody liked the skipper. I'm not sure about that. Anyway,
0: we'll fight about this for years. Okay.
4: Mm -hmm. Give us some more, Brennan. Yeah, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I thought we could close with that because it's such a... He's a a stud. I loved him. He was. But when when, when we went
2: into the whole fantasy land, creep me out. I'm sorry. It just always creeped me.
0: I, to this day, cannot play with puppets. Yeah. I don't know. And when why. I hear
2: a train whistle, I I just automatically get uh, fearful of <laughs> <A> little <laughs> Lady Elaine talking... Fairchild. <laughs> yes, <that's> what? Right. <laughs> I think that's
4: what? what he was what does going it for. say here. about him? Well, it's uh, characterized by its quiet simplicity and gentleness. And but actually, one of the things that stands out for me is that Mister Rogers was intentionally trying to separate reality from fantasy yes. for children. Yes, that's right. that great. was important. No, and that so... wasn't. He
2: was a great role model. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And he fed his fish, and he taught you the importance
0: of changing and he, tied, and he tied his shoes. And he tied his shoes. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it, Brennan. Well done, my Thank friend. Uh, uh, interesting learning. Julie, thanks. Mm, glad and, to be here. You know, great. Everybody go out and watch MASH, I guess. <laughs> no. Uh, don't go watch. Yeah. <laughs> no. We're, we're out of here, my friends, but here's a quote on the way out. What we see depends mainly on what we look for. So as we're looking at the world, let's make sure we're looking for the good. And I promise if you're looking for the good, you will find the good. That quote was from John Lubbock. We're out of here tomorrow. We'll have a best of show, best of the Matt Townsend show. And uh, again, back uh, soon with more ideas, more tools to give you a leg up in this crazy thing called life. We're out of here. Take care.